Welcome back into the second episode of Making the Walk. Uh, today is November nineteenth. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> so been a long we, week, I guess. Huh? Oh, dude, you wouldn't even know. I actually, I I just accepted a new job offer. Um, so it's it's been tough for me to kind of put this together, uh, do that, and coaching has been an absolute shit show for me. Well, congratulations on the new endeavor. Yeah, and then uh, I'm, I'm basically doing a live interview for a college hockey job. So, Ooh. yeah, this upcoming weekend. So, we'll see how that one goes. Um, so, uh, previous fight card, getting right into it. Um, I'm a genius. I'll give it's you okay, credit. you can say it. I'll give you You credit. can say it, I'm a genius. Uh, you're, you're like 50% of a genius, I'd say. What do you mean? A 50% of a genius? Well, a 7 and 3. I'm also a genius, but we'll talk about that later. Well, yeah, I, I guess so. So, <laughs> come review coming up for you guys in this uh, this episode. We're gonna review Fight Night 197, uh, Holloway Rodriguez. Um, we're also gonna preview the Fight Night coming up here, Vera versus Tate. Um, I, I mean, did <laughs> I feel bad for Jason? Kinda. Um, he asked us for our top two picks because the guy was a bit low on money in his account and then uh we gave him two losers out of our three that lost and and two of them and one of them was an underdog kind of just pick them that we had found yeah and i mean to be one honest of the losses. 36 seconds and we probably don't even have to have that conversation with him but <laughs> we do we yeah. actually did have that conversation we'll, we'll we'll get into that more later um so I guess jumping right into it, like I said, I was seven and three. Mike, I believe you are seven and four. Was that correct? Yeah, four, four and three officially. Four and three, yeah. So he was four and three betting. Um, I was five and three betting. So that takes my total up to ten and six on the year. Pretty good start so far for uh, this podcast. Um, so yeah, good start. Um, this one I'm not so sure of. <laughs> this upcoming yeah, this, card. this could be a rough weekend for us. Um, <laughs> take everything with a grain of salt. <laughs> to be and honest then, with you, and then take a heap of it uh, along with it. So, yeah. uh, moving on to the review, um, this fight card was. I mean, they just keep putting together these crazy cards. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I watched all the prelims today in under an hour because it's just knockouts and tapouts. Yeah, yeah. It tied tied a UFC record for nine finishes in a single card, and this one had how many fights? I mean, it had you had five on the six on the, five or six on the main five, yeah, five I think. Yeah, because we had there were some scratches like we talked about last week. And there were six, so it was like eleven fights, twelve, right. eleven fights, and nine of them were finishes. I mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it, it tied a record, like I said, and there were less fights on this card than typically you would see in a normal event. So. Shout out to those guys for that. I mean, that's that's wild. Uh, so moving on to the first pick that we took, Da Eun Jung defeated Kennedy Njuku, uh with a I first think round. Got I think it I got it there. Yeah, I'm, like I said, my genius literally my genius literally knows no bounds, um, except for this fight, I guess. So yeah, your logic is flawless. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, the first round technical knockout. Those dude, elbows were brutal, dude. Oh, they were 
I was watching it again today. I'm like, I, I don't even think he actually made contact with his head. No, I think he just split his guard. Yeah, just going right right up the middle with the crash elbow. And then all the following ones, I'm pretty sure, hit his forearm into his own head and just drops him. I mean, I from what I remember. Yeah, and it just... It seemed like a whole lot of nothing in the beginning. You could tell these guys were a little afraid of each other's power to start, and then once the floodgates opened up for uh, Dao Jung, Jung, I mean, he just kind of took it to him. He saw that uh, Kennedy, he saw that Kennedy was wobbled there um, to kind of t- end out that round and just went into a full-on attack mode, put him up against the fence, and just finished him with elbows. So, uh, I mean, you, you, like. Like we always say, kind of, you, you got to kind of bet aggressively in the UFC to make a lot of money. These mm-hmm. these odds books know what they're doing. They know where they put the lines and stuff like that. So it's tough to, it, you have to find value in certain things. And that was kind of a pick em. And, you know, we, we, we chose the wrong guy there. That's, that's going to happen. Uh, so moving up, the next fight we had a stake in. The Courtney Casey defeats Liana Jojua. Uh Jojo was four pounds overweight. This is the thing that makes me the most mad about UFC and even wrestling. Like I mentioned before, I was a wrestler. I've I've cut a crazy amount of weight and wrestled two hours later. These guys get 20, guys and girls get 24 hours or more to recover after a brutal weight cut. It's just so annoying to me when someone can't make weight. It's just a battle of will. Like, it... It's just, I don't even know how to talk about it because it just makes me so mad. I've never missed weight in my life. I don't understand how you miss weight. And it, it, I wish Uncle Dana would actually make a huge deal out of it and take, I know he does take some of their purse away and it goes to the other 30%, guy girl. I think. It's, it needs to be more. It's ridiculous. It's the easiest, uh, it's one of the hardest parts, but also one of the easiest parts. It's definitely easier than the fight because you're not getting punched in the face when you're cutting weight. But, I mean, geez, it's just so infuriating. Anyway, continue. Yeah, so she weighed in uh, four pounds heavy with her clothes on. Um, they give after that they give her how much time to cut more weight? Uh, I believe it's like it's it's less than an hour. Yeah, they, sure. I think they give you like half an hour to to finish off the final weight, and all you have to do is come within that that upper limit. So if they're fighting at one twenty five, they need to weigh in at one twenty six tops. Yeah, at the in very Vegas. in Vegas, so it, it d- depends on where you're fighting in. Um, some of these places don't give you any leeway. So she was one thirty. Yeah. Oh my god. She okay. was she was one twenty. She weighed in at one twenty nine. Uh, came in half an hour later. Took her clothes off. Stepped on the scale, and she had only cut half a pound. And and I understand she it. Should have used the towel trick. Should have used the yeah the old DC towel oh trick. Right? Is it DC? Yeah. yeah. Just put your hands on the towel and use that. <laughs> but I mean. I, I get it for women it's a bit harder just because it definitely you know i will give them that it, it it's harder for them to lose that body weight but you, you gotta it's not even close i mean you have a whole training camp basically to prep for this yeah. it, the, the weight cut starts when you get assigned to fight yeah. it doesn't start the night before i mean obviously you start the water cut a week out normally um some people less or more depending on how much weight you're cutting but at the end of the day it is your job it's your job part of your job to make weight yeah, Casey made a comment after the fight saying she came in Thanksgiving big. Um, <laughs> I, I thought that was kind of funny, a little, little something thrown there. But getting onto the actual fight, Casey did a really nice job getting in and out of that pocket. You know, she mm-hmm. had a sizable reach advantage of three inches, um, and she was really able to 
uh, kind of pick her spots, tag her, get in the pocket, get out without taking too much damage. I mean, uh, Jojua did a she did a solid job with her kicks. I thought coming mm-hmm. off the middle with them a couple times, but uh, it really wasn't enough. And she we Felder and um, Bisping Bisping, you know, they they mentioned that. You know, it, she was doing a good job with that, but what was the game plan there? Just staying on the feet, not pressuring at all. Like, she would close yeah. the cage off, and then she would give Courtney Casey all the room back that she worked to, to take away. Yeah, I don't. I also don't understand. I, the takedown she got in the first round, I thought, came pretty freaking easy for her. So, I don't understand. And like we have in the notes, just the takedowns were too few and too far in between, too much, or too much time in between them. I don't know why she wouldn't go back to that. I feel like... Obviously, there might not have been windows there, like I think there were, but I mean, it, you obviously weren't going to beat Courtney Casey on her feet. It, you got to switch it up and be able to improvise and make changes and maybe go to the ground game. But that's just me. Yeah, you would think the corner would kind of key in on that, and maybe shoot for those take times a little bit earlier. But Courtney Casey has been kind of known to stay, put her weight on that front foot and try and strike with people. That's kind of been her her issue climbing up these ranks is that she has been unable to defend the takedown. Just kind of a weird, uh, inactive game plan for uh, Leona Rajua. So she came out on that one a little worse for wear. Definitely got pieced up quite a bit. Courtney Casey took the decision, uh, and we that was our pick there. So Do you remember the scorecards on that one? Don't remember the scorecards. Unanimous decision. I'm pretty yeah, sure it was, yeah. it was a 30-27 across Yeah, that's the board. what it looked like to me, too. Even that first round with the takedown, Courtney Casey was controlling the round the entire time. Outside of that. So on to the next fight. Um, I didn't want to do this one, but Mike <laughs> uh, kind of forced his hand on this, and he was absolutely correct here. Andrea Lee, with the performance of the night over Cynthia Cavillo due to a corner stoppage, something you don't really see every day. It's something that actually we would kind of like to see a little bit more of. You know, he, Carvillo was not going to win that fight there, and the corner did a good job there protecting their fighter, you know, having her fight another day. Yeah, I, I mean... In certain cases, I do like when the corner does step in, but I like so many of these veterans talk about, um, you know, they they want to fight to the end until they can't literally can't go anymore. But in this case, I do I do like the stoppage on that. Yeah, so I mean, Lee or I'm excuse me, Mike called Lee having a very high strike advantage there. Uh, on the feet, she had a five-inch reach advantage, and she absolutely lived behind those jabs, just She's like Mike said. Hands, man. Uh, she she snapped him off uh, against Cavio, and, and really, I think it's kind of what won her the fight. I mean, you, they stopped the fight because Cavio's uh, Cavio's eye um, was just it was closed. I mean, that thing was gross. Yeah, fighting with you know Mike Bisping can attest to it, but fighting with one eye cannot be fun. And obviously, you don't want to have any more damage to your eyes i mean hands feet is one thing but eyes is something that you obviously need uh you know when you're a fighter so it's not worth risking it at the end of the day you know for a fight that you're obviously not going to win at that point yeah you only Um, get you only get two of them and they're not very fixable yeah um so yeah there's a classic striker versus wrestler i think carvio needed to close the cage off a little bit more um in that apex you, you would think would advantage the grapplers a little bit more because it's smaller um, but she she really didn't try and close the cage off, and I think that had a lot to do with um, Andrea Lee's reach advantage, just keeping her at a distance where only she could touch her. Um, and, and Lee really struggled with grappling in her UFC career so far, so I thought that was a bit strange, but you would 
you know, I I thought that for sure Carvalho was going to be more aggressive there. Yeah, but especially with the uh, wrestling pedigree she has. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, uh, we put a note in here that Lee was out there playing tennis. I mean, every time she threw a punch, it was like screaming. Yeah. Did, you, did you get that on the audio? <laughs> no, I had it on mute when I rewatched it. Unfortunately, I'll have to re-listen with the audio on. Yeah, so again, that that wasn't something that I ended up taking. That's uh, That was a pick from Mike. Um, performance of the night from Andrea Lee. She climbs into the top 10 rankings with that win over Cynthia Cavillo, who uh, is aging now at this point. Looks like a title shot might be out of the picture, so we'll see what, moving forward where these two go. Uh, on to the next fight, Joel Alvarez defeats Tiago Moises, um, something that neither of us saw coming. Uh, maybe... Bullshit. <laughs> if you say so, I mean, Alvarez... No, I obviously didn't see it coming, but I thought it's just a fucking brutal fight. <laughs> I um, mean, yeah, hindsight's 50-50, and... and, and I thought it was 20-20. No, yeah, it's like saying hindsight's 50-50. No, okay. Fuck some people. Okay. But yeah, I mean, Moises went five rounds, almost five rounds with Islam Makachev. Where he did basically the same thing he did in this fight. But, no, I, I, I guess, but I mean, yeah. he, he hung in there for five rounds, so you would think... Doing MMA math is hard, but you would think he would have, I don't know, you think he would have put up a bigger fight there, but uh, maybe a lack of research on our part there with um, Thiago Moises and Joel Alvarez being so much bigger. Yeah. So much oh bigger, God. man. Like, I, I didn't... Moises looked like a child in there with him. I mean, Moises, a, he's a thicker guy, yeah. but Short Joel style. Alvarez is huge. He's big for that division. What was he, like 6'3"? Six two something like that, yeah. and we we pointed it out last week, but I it, I didn't think it would be that big of a difference. And, and actually, I know you can speak to this wrestling. You know, you get these taller guys. Sometimes they're actually oh. easier to control. Oh, I yeah, I loved wrestling the taller guys. They're they're so easy, unless they're that wiry strong like my brother. It's so fucking annoying. But for the general, for the most part, I'm a big fan of wrestling tall guys. They're so much easier. Yeah, kind of like Sean Woodson, who we actually picked to. Score the knockout. Why did I not? Put, I didn't put that in there, did I? Yeah. Oh, my God. Hang on. Let me get the notes. Dude, why did I not, why did I not put that in there? Oh, my God. Good radio. What an idiot. Good podcast. Very good podcasting here. Yeah. We, we, so, I guess moving on to the next point, we had... Um, we, we totally forgot about the Sean Woodson-Colin England fight that... Um, we that we uh, we had called a knockout for Sean Woodson over Colin England. Um, both of them, like we said, contender series grads. Sean Woodson is so lanky; he looks like an alien. Yeah, he does. I I rewatched that one today. Was, honestly, I was very surprised. <laughs> so for whatever reason, I didn't put this in the in, in the review. I I don't know why. Um, but yeah, Sean Woodson with a very a very technical knockout. He sniped him to the body a couple of times, got the liver punch and, and once he kind of oh, he nailed fire, that yeah. he nailed him with those body strikes and he knew uh he was in trouble cuz those liver strikes they don't happen right away. You don't feel them immediately. No, and you could see um Anglin kind of I don't even know what to call it. It's not season up, but um what's the word I'm looking Just for? Just kind of clenched down. Yeah, clenching down and he would stand back up trying to hide it maybe but obviously he saw the blood in the water and he we went after it it's yeah, brutal yeah that was i mean that's one of the worst places to get hit if anyone's ever experienced that it's 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 crippling pain and there's nothing you can do about it. like getting i'd rather get i'd rather get kicked in the head knocked out 
I don't know. I'd have to try both first. <laughs> I don't know. I've been <laughs> I've been knocked out before. I've never been punched. I've been kicked before. in the head once. I didn't get knocked out, but I got kicked, oh. I got staggered. It was from football. But then <laughs> I've also yeah I've, I've taken hockey hits like that, and I've been punched in the liver during sparring, and that is some of the worst pain you'll you'll ever feel. Um, so yeah, we, we called that there the plus two fifty hits for us um, with Sean Woodson with the knockout over Colin England. Um, so we'll move into the main card here. Uh, Song Yudong defeats Julio Arce. Uh, right off the bat, it was it was Song Yudong's fight. I mean, he controlled the pace from from whistle to whistle. He looked so sharp and so fast. And I know it was it Felder that touched on that in the commentary. Yeah. So yeah. he fought Felder early on had note, noted how fast Yudong's kicks were, um, and, and really controlled that beginning. Uh, he controlled the beginning of that fight, and then all the way through into that second round, he was setting up those kicks. He was going low, going low, chopping at the tree, going to the body, and he snuck one up there with that head kick, and that was just the beginning of the end for Arce. Yeah. And I actually, uh, that morning when I woke up, decided that I was going to put uh, a bet on Song to win by knockout. That was that was a pretty good feeling. Probably the the biggest win of the day for me. Yeah, I mean that was something that we had not actually discussed. We, I mean, we had we had found value in the Song Yudong knockout, but we ended up taking the money line there just because um, Song Yudong's game is so well rounded. Um, he has six finishes by knockout, five by submission, uh, and, and really Arce hadn't really shown any type of statistical trend of getting finished in a particular way. So I wasn't too comfortable with that. But Song Yudong striking on full display um, during that win. Uh, moving up to the Chaos Williams performance of the night victory over Miguel Baeza. Oof. That that is one tough motherfucker, man. I mean, you, you, we said it before. We absolutely love this guy, and, and credit to Miguel Baeza too. I mean, that dude was in there to throw hands as well. Yeah, and, and I mean, he was actually piecing him apart until you know, <laughs> maybe straight from the uh, keeping his hands up a little bit, throwing those calf kicks, but. Still a, a fantastic fight in both these guys, but chaos coming out of there and fighting on one foot and getting the finish. Yeah, the the, the commentary team was talking about how these fights always seemed like where they're like, oh man, the, this this fight might end in the first round, and it always seems like those are the ones that kind of drag on a little bit. I shouldn't say drag on, but they tend to go a little bit longer than you would anticipate. But he got the finish in that third round there. Um, I am I'm really stupid. <laughs> yeah. I, so I'm, I, I was in the car for this. I was driving back from a game and I'm trying to put the bet in for whatever, for whatever reason I had missed, I had skipped over this to take the under in the morning. Um, so when I saw the fight was just about to go live, I was in the car, I'm in traffic and I, I sign into my, my account and I, I get there in time, make the bet. And I'm, I'm trying to call Jason to see if he wanted to put something on it and, the, while this is happening, I'm, pace, I'm placing my bet, and I'm, I'm looking at traffic, I'm looking at my phone, and then uh, I look at my bet slip, and it took the over. Oh, jeez. Over two and a half. It was, what, middle of the, right in the middle? Of right the in the second. middle. So, either way, like, I'm a, I am a genius. Don't don't get it twisted, because I did call the under. We, we both called the under. Yeah. But uh, I'm also stupid for not paying attention and placing a bet on the over, so I guess technically... I'm four and four. <laughs> My money says I'm four and four, but I'm calling it five and three because I I said that and that was a mistake. It was a clerical error on my on my part, but 
Yeah, just so, trying to do too many things at once. Oh, right? uh, man. Just not a smart move. But, yeah, getting back into the fight, Baeza just... You, you could tell his game plan was... A lot of it was focused around going to that calf kick. And, and they always tell you, you know, you can't go to the same technique too many times. I think in the UFC, once you get to those higher levels, once you go back to that well, I would say three times, Yeah, guys know it's coming. Yeah, they're going to figure out how to change up their game plan on the on the fly really or after the round um and be able to just make the adjustments and chaos was able to do that yeah so in that last exchange Baez went to that calf kick one too many times tried following it up with a right and a left um when you throw these kicks the way that you're the way that you, they kind of train you to do it is you throw the kick keep your hands up you know but these guys they're they're good enough with their movement to where you know, you don't really see that a bunch in the UFC, uh, but it kind of, it kind of got, him, it got him here. Um, he tried following up that with a one-two or a two-one actually with the right hand and then his left. Um, so when you throw in these these punches on one leg, you know your hands are down, they're extended out in front of you, so they can tell the distance of how far your reach is. And Chaos Williams just timed it up perfectly. Yeah, I mean, and the, the angles he was throwing those punches on too were ridiculous. He was almost turned completely around, throwing right hands at him. Yeah, just didn't, it was a weird sequence for Baez that they're not a smart move, and it's something you definitely cannot do against a guy that's that powerful. Yeah, um, he so, lives up to his name, that's for sure. Yeah, his legal name is Chaos. Yeah, he lives up to it. That yeah. man is just Chaos the was every saying, second. Can you imagine walking to a job interview? So my name's Chaos. The so. UFC's probably the only place where they'll hire you. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, Chaos Williams not applying for any jobs anytime soon. No, no. So, uh, on to the next fight. Felicia Spencer defeats Leah Letson. God damn it. God fucking damn it. Sorry, Jason. Uh, this, <laughs> this is one of the ones that we gave Jason uh, that morning, you know, like we mentioned earlier, uh, that lost. We, what was it? We picked Felicia Spencer to win by decision. Or at least that's what I told him. Yeah. And that's the one I placed for him. Um, and we were uh, 35 seconds short. Uh we didn't know if it even would get out of the first round, but you know she made it four minutes. Or sorry, it was it was only a three rounder, right? Yeah, yeah only three rounder. Yeah, so she made it what fourteen minutes and twenty five seconds. And all we needed was for her to hang on or Felicia Spencer to take her foot off the gas, which she wasn't gonna do because she doesn't give a fuck about our bets. No, not only that, but it kind of makes sense. Just like why you would want to chase that finish. I mean, you're trying to make a statement. You're not necessarily going to go for a decision there. You know you're going to put this girl away. I mean... Yeah, and you're going to get paid more for it, too. Yeah, she was absolutely just... She dominated this fight. If it was possible, I would have scored this fight probably... Uh, you you could have scored this fight 30-24. It was all 10-8s. Yeah, yeah. It was total domination by Felicia Spencer. Yeah, bell to bell, all Felicia Spencer. And it kind of reminded me... I'm not saying she is... But it reminded me of some something Khabib would do. Yeah, just maul. Yeah, just I smash. want to maul him. I'm going to smash your boy Dana. I want to smash. I'm going to smash your boy. Leah Letson is she's not a very good fighter. No, no. In in my country, we smash. We smash fighter like this. <laughs> the Canadian gets it done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with 22. With the, um, excuse me, 11 minutes and 58 seconds of total control time with 227 strikes. Uh, it, it, it just an absolute domination. Uh, so on to the co-main event: Marcos Rogero de Lima, Rodrigo de Lima, excuse me, defeats Ben Rothwell in the very first round. It took 35 seconds. Um, 
Kind of strange. Uh, not her Dean's best work. He has been known to kind of step in a bit too early, but with these heavyweights, it's tough because um, once you see those legs kind of buckle, it, the next thing to go is their lights turn out, and then, uh, you know, potentially that if you don't step in in time with these heavyweights, you can really get someone hurt. Yeah, and that's what I think happened, was, um, especially, like you said, taking into consideration with the heavyweight division. You, you watched him buckle, and then he kind of came back from the dead for like a short second to try and do a grappling exchange. Um, I mean, even if Herb doesn't step in, I think that fight's over in the next five seconds anyway. But we don't want Ben Rothwell taking any extra strikes, and I'm sure that's what Herb was looking at. Um, a, a very strange stoppage, but in my opinion, probably a good one. We kind of saw the writing on or at least I did, saw the writing on the wall. Um, but, you know, Dana, Dana did criticize Herb about that one. Yeah, DeLima kind of caught him in one of those wild brawling exchanges um, where DeLima kind of makes his money. You would think Ben Wathwell would actually kind of try and stay away from those, try and be a smarter fighter because DeLima's big kryptonite is kind of rushing into these, some of these exchanges, but got into a brawling match with uh, Rothwell, and really it just did not go well for him. Caught him on the chin, uh, and honestly, like you had said, that fight was probably going to be over in the next couple of seconds because as soon as Rothwell fell, DeLima fell right into the top mount where he has both of his legs over the top of Rothwell. So he's basically sitting on his stomach. and in a full mount. In a full mount. And anyone who's ever watched, you know, if, if you've watched plenty of these or if you've ever been in this position, it's it's horrible. It's the worst, it's the worst place you can be because you, you have almost no defense you're yeah. just some guys just on top of you just wailing down strikes on you and it, like we said in that heavyweight division a couple too many strikes can really put guys lights out and then we can we can find ourselves in a lot of danger there yeah and in rothwell's situation be it in the uh bottom half of the full mount and already kind of knocked out would just not be a good picture for him yeah no need for extra punishment there so i understand the stoppage um so real quickly to the main event easiest choice for fight of the night honestly if we hadn't had um if we hadn't had Chandler versus uh Gaethje the week before I think this would be people would be talking about this for fight of the year yeah and to be honest with you if they didn't do much favors with having the main card starting at what three o'clock in the afternoon yeah central time um I would have loved to see it later at night just so more people could get their eyes on it uh, but yeah, this was a fantastic fight, honestly. And, uh, not to mention, Yair looked absolutely incredible after his layoff. Two years. Two yeah, two year layoff, um, coming off his suspension as well, and just looks like an absolute monster. Which is we'll talk about it too. But I want to touch on it real quick. Why I think Max went to the takedowns. Yeah, so uh, I Max Holloway scored a career high with three takedowns. Uh, and really just it, it was kind of a countermeasure to Yair Rodriguez kind of putting the pace on him something that Max Holloway tends to do to his opponents yeah we don't see many guys that can keep up with Max besides Volkanovski and now Yair uh, so I mean what you, you said you mentioned you wanted to touch on these three takedowns what, what, what I mean see? I, I don't think Max was in serious trouble at any point in this fight I think he has tremendous octagon control and obviously he has a gas tank of I don't even know. An ox. An ox. He's just not going to stop. It's my monster. Figure it out. My empty monster can's rattling. Put it on the ground. Lee's all pissed. Uh, 
No, I mean, but in those few in those three takedowns, I thought it was it's something good to go to to kind of secure uh, and maybe sway the judges for that round or for those rounds that where he got the takedowns. Also, maybe you know, Yair has so much power, and we, you could hear it over the TV. Even I I did with one ear with some of the pop that those punches and kicks kicks were carrying. You know, sometimes you just got to get the guy off his feet and take him down. Yeah, also kind of speaks to giving guys different looks. Uh, I I scored the fight uh, 48-47 for Holloway. He won rounds two, three, and four. Um, I, I mean, did I had either the same or even four to one max? But um, I'd have to watch it again. I can't really remember too much right now, but I do agree with you on that. Yeah, and Max Holloway becomes the first fighter uh, in the history of the UFC to accure accure. He's the first fighter to 3,000 career strikes. <laughs> English is not our strong suit, once again. Yeah, and we decided to make a podcast. Yeah, um, with a deaf kid, too. But I'm a genius, so it's okay. Yeah, we're both geniuses. <laughs> no, Myself I'm a genius. more so than Lee. What? Uh, yeah, yeah, there's nothing that I can say to prove that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean... Uh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I, it was I, just I that, that was just a classic... Holloway performance, I think. It's just yeah. vintage class. Uh, Holloway, we all know what his game plan is going into every fight, and yet he just imposes his will against every opponent. I mean, you can argue that he even did that with uh, Alexander Volkanovsky in both those fights. I mean, those are razor-thin decisions that, to this day, people are still disputing. Uh, but really, what's next for, for Max? I mean, you would think title shot. He called out... Conor McGregor, Dana White immediately shut that down. You know he's like well, McGregor's McGregor's out. You know, give yeah. him, you got to give him time. Also, no offense to McGregor, but I think Max absolutely whoops his ass uh, now. But I just farted. No, well he farted. Um, no, I, I don't think that fight should happen at all. To be honest with you, but it would be a huge money fight. I mm, I, I hate to even say it, but he needs a third title shot. Uh, I mean, who else is... Obviously, we can line Volk up with anybody else in the division. Um, But it's very clear that the only fight that gives him a challenge is Holloway. I mean, Ortega had him, but at the end of the day, Holloway had a way better chance in both those fights. I mean, it really just seems like that these two guys have cleared out the top of that division. uh, Mm -hmm. and, And pretty convincingly, so... It seems like there's just levels to, to this division. You got these two guys at the top, and then it seems like everyone else kind of. Um, as far as what's next for Yair Rodriguez, I would assume he's going to go against uh, Ortega? Yeah, I was going to actually bring that up. I Probably Ortega, but he's going to need some time off for that foot. Yeah, that was gross. Yeah, I mean, and Ortega is probably taking a, a little bit of a hiat- hiatus as well, um, given that the brutality of that last fight with Volk. Um, but I would love to see those two match up, especially with Ortega's improved uh, stand-up game. And obviously, Yair is a beast on his feet to go shot for shot with Max for the most part. Um, it, it would be a fantastic fight. I think that would line up great, hopefully in the spring of next year or the summer. Yeah, it was, uh, his, his foot was swollen up like a balloon. It really did. It, like, it reminds me of my hand in college when I busted it. It looks like I was wearing a Mickey Mouse glove. Yair <laughs> had a clown shoe on. Do you remember that when uh, McGregor said that in the in his his post fight? Yeah, I do. It's swollen I do. up like a balloon. I couldn't even stand on it. Uh, yeah. So, 
Uh, that was a great card overall. Um, so moving on to some news here real quick. Sam Hughes was a is going to be a late replacement for Jessica Penne coming up in the next fight. Um, she will be taking on... Why can't I find it? Jessica I don't know. Penne. Yeah, no, no, no. She's, she's replacing Jessica Penne. In a oh, fight. oh. But I can't remember who they're fighting. It's, it's, a, car, it's a fight we didn't end up touching. Um, Kevin Lee... Gets a suspension for six months for a USADA positive test for amphetamines. I wonder what was going on there. Um, I will say this for Kevin Lee, though. I I believe he's still up in Canada with Faraz Zahabi. Uh, if you don't know, that is um, GSP, George St. Pierre's longtime uh, head coach for his fight camps uh, when he was still active. Obviously, he's still around those gym, that gym. What's the gym called again? Tri, it's TriStar, I believe. Uh, anyway, I, I don't know how you can be in one of the best camps in the world where John Danaher, who's the best BJJ coach in the world, is a frequent visitor who has world-class uh, jiu-jitsu practitioners and athletes in his gym every single day. I don't know how something like this happens where it might be something super minor, but it also could be something super serious. Um Personally, I hope the best for him. I do think he is a good fighter. He's obviously had a tough couple of years with the ACLs, uh, losing a couple fights. So I hope all the best for him. Yeah, yeah. from all reports, he's a pretty good dude, despite all the shit talk that he does. JRE. Yeah. So um, for this card, Lupita Godinez, uh, her her nickname Lupi, uh, has also stepped in for Cheyenne Baez on two weeks' notice. Cheyenne Baez coming off her UFC contract contract extension or not extension she was offered a contract from the contender series her and her husband uh oh that's who that was yeah it's a great story great story if you guys haven't uh look it up it's really cool um they're they moved to vegas with no money pretty much and and uh kind of chased this dream down of theirs as a uh husband and wife team to try and make the ufc through this contender series um but she has uh step down from this fight uh i didn't really look into any reasons why um but as of right now lupita godinez is going to step in for her um she will be taking on oh man we didn't have that one we didn't write that either just oh fucking awful notes dude what am i doing i don't know maybe i should have saw that Uh, i'll take part of the blame on that one all right so next bullet point leon edwards has earned a rematch and a title shot against kamaru usman um that has now been kind of put in just because that pull out Masvidal pulled out of their fight in the upcoming December 11th card. Um, so I think kind of well deserved there. And, yeah, I mean, what else are you going to do with Usman too? Yeah, I mean, the, the man's cleared out the division. It seems like a, yeah, he's got to go back to Lapham. That's all. I feel like we're saying that a lot with a lot of these champions that have yeah. just cleared out divisions. And, yeah, very dominant champions. Yeah. So, uh, this kind of opens the door for a lot of possibilities now. Um, we can see since Usma, or excuse me, since Masvidal pulled out of that fight um, due to an injury, uh, one prospect that kind of came up would be a Covington Masvidal Ultimate Fighter season. Would love to see it. It would probably be the most entertaining season ever. If, they, if Disney and ESPN lets them talk their shit, they're uh, going to. They're going to do it no matter what, whether or not yeah, there's I mean, a season or not. If they schedule this fight, yeah, I mean it would be it would also be a fantastic fight to see. I mean, obviously these guys were training partners uh, down at ATT in Florida. Um, 
and obviously that relationship has gone awry. It's I would love to see these two in the cage. Early prediction, I think Covington would win, but I would love to see the Ultimate Fighter season and that fight. Yeah, this also opens the door a little bit for us to talk about uh, Hamza Shumayev's next um, his next opportunity to keep climbing those rankings. Uh, something that I would really love to see would be Hamza versus Burns. I, as much as Hamza is is climbing the rankings and is almost almost seems destined to be a UFC champion. I I mean, if Burns is down for it, that's totally fine by me. But I also feel like it might be a little bit disrespectful to him. I mean, Gilbert Burns climbed his way all the way up, uh, lost to Kamaru, and then had a convincing win over Stephen Tom- Wonderboy Thompson. Um, I'm not saying I wouldn't like to see this fight, but I, I feel like there's just better options for both of them. Yeah, I guess another option would be uh, a name you just mentioned for Hamza would be uh, Stephen Thompson, a, a pretty crazy stylistic matchup with karate and uh, wrestling. But Yeah, I mean, I, I it would be hard to... Th- think that Hamza wouldn't be able to just take him down at will yeah this top 10 in this welterweight division is kind of littered with possibilities moving forward so something to keep your eye on all right so previewing this upcoming card uh, not a lot of things that I really liked no no (laughs) I can't say I think any different it seems like all the favorites are very heavy favorites the money seems a bit long on some of these odds and and even if a lot of these picks that we're going to mention to you guys if you're choosing method of victory, you're you're still looking at minus odds. Yeah, I don't like that at all, to be honest with you. So uh, we'll step in uh, to the prelims here. Sean Soriano taking on Shalanu Nurdimbiki. Shalanu Nurdimbiki. Whatever. Should we just call him Shay? <laughs> Shay. Sure. Adam Shay. All right. Yeah. Sean Soriano. I mean, that's my pick moving forward. Soriano is miles and miles ahead of uh, of Shea on the feet. Um, UFC stats have him at three and a half strikes per minute against Shea's 1.13 strikes per minute. I mean, if this fight stays on the feet, it's entirely Sean Soriano's to dictate. Um, he, Soriano has had issues with some submissions in the past, um, but really, when you look at what Shea wants to do. We all know that he's going to want to take this fight to the mat. And outside of that plan A, he doesn't. he's not offering much. Yeah, I just think Soriano's output will probably be too much for him. Yeah, so I'm kind of looking more at a technical knockout KO victory here. Um, that's going to give you odds of plus 215. Sean is a heavy favorite in this one. I would stay away from the money line if you're looking to make money, unless you're trying to put it in, maybe in a parlay. But this is still kind of a riskier one just because if he does get taken down, he is in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Uh, so on to the next fight. Terrence McKinney takes on Ferris Seam, uh, the French uh, the French fighter, it's something that's we, we've noticed over the past couple of years is France is putting out a bit more fighters with the legality kind of shifting over um, in France. Uh, oui, they're, oui. they're making uh, they're making martial, mixed martial arts uh, more of a prominent thing there. And eventually, I think they're going to look to try and move an event there at some point. Yeah, they would be. Uh, weren't they talking about having Francis versus uh, Ciro there? Yeah, both of them have in France, Paris, maybe? Both of them have ties to France, but that seems a bit out of the question right now, just because of the world that we live in with COVID and the restrictions <sighs> and stuff like that. So, maybe one day we'll see that audible uh, sigh. But <laughs> I guess moving into the actual fight itself, uh, Terence McKinney's kind of a wild man. Likes to pressure forward with his striking and has decent wrestling. 
it, for me, watching Ziam, he has no urgency. He yeah. has no desire to get a finisher chase, it seems like. I mean, he averages a lot like Shea, less than two strikes a minute. Um, and, and really, the only path for victory for Shea would be to wait for McKinney to punch himself out. But that's tough to do in a three-round fight. Yeah, I mean, weather the storm and, you know, I'm try- I was trying to think of a fight to reference that just happened, um, but I can't. Oh, oh it was the um, Shane Burgos fight. You know, weather the storm, come out on top, match the pace. But, hard, like you said, hard to do in a three-round fight. And I feel like just in those three rounds, you got to have a tremendous sense of urgency to try to get a win. And it doesn't seem like he has it. Yeah, so, I, I mean, it's kind of a pick em fight here. Uh, Terrence McKinney is a slight underdog with the money line sitting at minus 105 odds. Like I said, kind of a pick em there because you got to end up paying the juice. Um, so if you want to find value in this, it's a plus 180 for a Terrence McKinney knockout. If he likes to pressure forward, um, we can kind of see him just a, a blitzing uh, Ziam early and often, and maybe he can chase that finish. So uh, on to the next fight. Luma Lukanbi takes on Lupita Godinez. Like we had said, Godinez is going to step in on two weeks' notice. Um, she is actually Godinez is actually the favorite here on this. Uh, it, you know, looking at it, it's kind of strange to see a fighter with only a two-week camp be a favorite. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right, you're right. But you know, it's, it, history kind of shows uh, how much stress and physical demand you put on your body through a training camp. Sometimes the best thing. That can happen is you just two weeks notice come out and whoop ass. That's true. Yeah, Luke Luke Boon me excuse me uh, has defeated Sam Hughes who we mentioned earlier uh, about the midway point of this podcast just a little snippet. Um, but uh, Lupita Gomez is unable to find a game plan in her previous fights, uh, and Luke Luke Moonby has done well enough to stand her feet with a seventy seven percent takedown defense. Um, Godinez is typically. Uh, kind of a wrestler heavy uh, type of fighter so we're going to look for uh, Luke, Luke Boonmi to uh, defend those takedowns uh, early from Lupita Godinez and kind of throw her game plan out the window and I think she has solid enough striking to be able to uh, to, to be able to win this fight Yeah. Um, so we ended up taking uh, Luke Moonby by decision at plus 250 if you want you can go on the money line at plus 140 if you're not feeling confident with that um also, you can look at the over. Not great odds there. I think it's it's minus two hundred or greater, I believe, for it to go over uh, two and a half rounds, as well as the distance. Um, so, if, I guess if you want to throw that in a parlay, it's a bit of a safer bet because between them, they have three finishes total. Yeah, uh, and that's across all pro fights, not even in the UFC. So, something to kind of keep your eye on if you if you want to string together a parlay, you can look for the over in the rounds. Um, so moving on to the first fight of the main card, uh, Davy Grant will take on Adrian Yanitz. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Yeah, Yanis, Yanis. I'd say Yanis, but yeah, um, I know. Adrian. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I, I love Davy Grant, but I don't see him winning this. His last fight was against Cheeto, right? Yeah, he okay. lost. Yeah, I, uh, I love him too. I hope he wins. To be honest with you, but. We'll, I just don't know if, if, if he could use his wrestling, maybe, but I don't know. 
Yeah, uh, Adrian Yanis is a graduate of the Contender Series, earned his contract through that, and now even though he wasn't able to get a finish, he had an impressive fight there, kind of dominated on that show, earned himself uh, a spot in the UFC, and, and in those fights, Yanis displayed a, a concrete chin. Um, he's won his last three fights, and, and striking has shown really not to be messed around with. As far as David Grant goes, I mean, recently... He's kind of thrown away his wrestling a little bit and just wanted to kind of stand up and, and really try and put bangers on for uh, for fans or if that's something that maybe he wants to kind of choose a, a path to victory for yeah, the rest I of mean, his fights. I feel like I've uh, he goes on Bisping's show pretty often. I feel like the last time he was on there, Bisping asked him about you know falling in love with your hands and veering away from your wrestling. I, obviously, as a fighter, he's gonna say no. I, I, I still know what I need to do. Uh, wrestling won't be taken out, but it feels like he's kind of contradicting himself from what we've seen since then. Um, obviously, everyone loves a stand and, ba- stand and bang fight with an incredible knockout or a flashy finish. But at the end of the day, I, I feel like he just needs to get the job done in the best way possible. You know, find a game plan, stick to it, get some takedowns. Yeah, but I think the game plan he's going to stick to is still going to be on the feet. And there, I think he's going to have a, a big disadvantage. Uh, I, I, I like Yanitz by knockout, but it's only minus 110. The money line odds are even farther than that. It's, it's kind of a fight where I I would kind of steer away from. And, yeah, based off that, I probably won't touch it. And, and honestly, you're going to hear that a lot moving forward in this main card because, the, like we said, the odds are, are quite long on some of these fights. Uh, on to the next fight. Tiala Santos takes on Joanne Wood, formerly known as Joanne Calderwood. Uh, she's a former title challenger in that division. Uh, climbed the ranks using a lot of her Muay Thai, which is striking a lot of kicks, um, a, a lot of uh, a lot of standing kind of straight up. Uh, we're you know looking to attack um, using all of your body, but primarily using strikes. Uh, it, like like we said, there's no there's not much money to make on this one. You you can look at Santos by decision because of her offensive wrestling. Um, her jiu-jitsu has been really good, but Joanne Calderwood is a former title challenger for a reason. Um, like we said, a classic uh, wrestler versus striking matchup. Um, but this one's... It, the betting, All the betting lines are they're crazy. It's either plus like 400, or what nice. we have is a minus 150 decision for Santos. I... Don't take this. Yeah, I mean, and with uh, Santos's style, it uh, not Calderwood's last fight, I believe, but the, when she fought Lauren Murphy, mm-hmm. we saw her struggle with wrestling and jiu-jitsu. So that could be the game plan. It's it probably will be, and I I could see Joanne struggling with that. But it, in all all reality, I would stay away from this one as well. Yeah, Tiago Santos has pretty good offensive wrestling, but yeah. the defense is struggling a little bit, especially when it's a, a higher level opponent. Best offense is or best defense is a good offense. Oh boy, yeah, that took me a second. <laughs> All right, so on to the next fight. Ronnie Yaha is going to take on Kyung Ho Kong. Um, this was a previous booking for the summer. Uh, it was scrapped due to uh, travel issues uh, on one side or the other. I can't remember exactly what it is. Ronnie Yaha is a ten-year veteran. Um, not a name that I'm actually familiar with. Nope, the fighter either. out of Brazil. Um, he's more experienced, but not nearly as tactical as uh, Kong on the feet. 
Um, tends to throw a lot of looping punches in a lot of the fights I was watching. Doesn't like to throw a lot of straight punches, the jabs, the right crosses, things like that. Um, against a guy who's a pretty good striker, I mean, when when guys in the UFC load up on these long looping punches, it's it's pretty easy to see once you if you if you're not willing to set up with these straight punches. Um, like like we had said earlier about uh, Andrea Lee, she lived behind that jab, which set her up for more things down the road. And you really have to establish that if you're going to want to strike. Um, that being said, though, Ronnie Yaha is more of a jiu-jitsu guy. Um, that's kind of what he's made his living on. Uh, but Kong is a little bit more... Kong is a little bit more well-rounded. Um, he'll also look to kind of take down. He's, he's been known for his wrestling as well. Uh, a lot of his finishes have come on the ground. So really look for this one to be played out on the mat. Um, both of these guys are big on submissions, but I, I kind of figured that would cancel, cancel out. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Kane's going to be able to get a submission against uh, Yaha's Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah, and I think I, I would assume that it would kind of go the other way around as well. Yeah. Um, betting lines are even on this. Basically, it's a pick em. Um, I f- They slightly favor Kong. I'm going to take his money line at minus 115. Yeah, I'll be taking that one too. That's that's kind of a pick em, so it's Honestly, a bit of a toss-up. That, that looks like one of the cleaner bets that we have on here. It does, but yet it, it's a pick em for a reason, so yeah. I, I don't know. Um Michael Chiesa versus Sean Brady. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't. Know, I don't know enough about Sean Brady. Well, me either, to be honest with you. But I do like Chiesa, to be honest with you. I do too. Um, both these guys are good wrestlers. Uh, Sean Brady, from what I can tell, has a slight edge in boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, Chiesa has never lost two fights in a row. And lost a narrow fight where he was finished on the ground with a triangle or was it a Darce? Uh, it was a Darce. I, I think it was a Darce choke. Well, we know Luque's jiu-jitsu is off the charts. Right. But... He, so he, he lost in a, a, a flash submission against Luque in that fight uh, in that fight card with Michael Chandler challenging um, Oliveira for the belt. Or not challenging, but they, they, you know, the for intro. the vacant belt. Yeah, the vacant belt. Um, but he came up short in that one. Uh, I, I'm liking my Chiesa here with the slight underdog at minus or at plus one thirty. Um, Michael Chiesa has been in these big fights before. He knows what it takes uh, against guys who are slightly better strikers than him. But that being said, Sean Brady, I, I believe he's undefeated. Yeah, I, uh, undefeated or maybe one loss. Uh, I don't know why, but I feel like Chiesa is gonna. He's just gonna be too big. I mean, Chiesa could probably fight in middleweight. It's hard to imagine he used to be a lightweight. Yeah, he used to squeeze into that. Kiesa is so goddamn big. Brady's a big boy, too. Though. They're both big guys, but I just, I don't know. Kiesa's wrestling, and obviously Sean Brady's is very good, too. But I feel like Kiesa has a better wrestling uh, from what I remember. And I think that's going to be the difference maker. So, yeah, I'm going to sprinkle Michael Kiesa pick there at plus 130 for a little bit of value. Ooh, I do like that. Um, but it, for me, that's that's a bit volatile. Yeah. Um, so on to the main event, we have Misha Tate taking on Ketlin Vieira. Uh, Ketlin Vieira is ranked one above Misha Tate in this, uh, it was it flyweight? No, 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 no. Bantamweight. No. Bantam? Bantams. No, yeah, they're Bantam. Bantam. Yeah. Bantam's at 135. I got my weight classes mixed up. Yep. Um, this fight was booked in summer, uh, but was also pushed back due to Vieira testing positive for COVID. Um, so God that, damn COVID. <laughs> so now we get to see uh, a, a main event here with Misha Tate trying to make her comeback towards a title run. 
Uh, Ketlin Vera has a slight reach advantage uh, and has a 92% takedown advantage. Uh, something to kind of keep your eye on with Misha Tate's uh, wrestle-heavy um, typical fight style. Yeah. Uh, Ketlin Vera has coming off a loss to Yana Kunitskaya, uh, where she was kind of she kind of gassed out in that third round, and it mm-hmm. showed that her her cardio was not quite up to it. Um, that's the one thing for me that really makes me nervous uh, about this pick coming up is that in a three-round fight, she gassed out in that third round where Kunitskaya was able to take the full amount and finish her on the ground. Uh, Kunitskaya is not known for her for her ground game. She's m- known more as a stand-up striker, uh, and she was able to get the finish on the ground. Um, but that being said, Vieira's a big hurdle for Tate uh, with that, like we said, that 90% takedown defense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Especially with her her style, um, but I, I will say this for Misha Tate: she, when she did come back, uh, her cardio seemed to be off the charts. I mean, she talked about it in interviews that she's done. Uh, I expect her cardio to be the same, or maybe maybe even better. And like like you said with uh, Vieira, that was her kryptonite in her last fight. I can't imagine that her team didn't have her work on that this time around. But uh, I mean, I I have to agree with your pick on it. But I still think Misha's gonna have a tremendous, jeez, a tremendous showing in this fight. We'll see what happens. Yeah, so I think for Tate to win, it's gonna be a sprawl and brawl type of thing. Gonna have to defend these takedowns uh, early on, kind of make her try and stay on the feet because we know Misha Tate has she has in the past, you know, bit down on that mouth guard and really gone after it with someone like Holly Holm or someone like that. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of one of the wilder fights uh, that we've ever seen really because Holmes known to stay on the feet and she was taking she was defending those takedowns against Tate um but I, Tate's getting older I mean we we know she's in the best shape of her life and we've heard this we've heard that before in other sports mm-hmm. and best shape of your life doesn't mean as much as some people put stock into I think yeah maybe it's it's just self-belief yeah that, and maybe that has something to do with it like this whole card, this whole main card is just, like, I, I you could can say the word on there if you want. What? Meh. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, this whole main card is just, like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, we we could honestly go, what is this, one, two, three, four, five. We can go 0 and 5. We could also go 5 and out. We could, yeah, it, it, we can go 0 and 5 or we can go 5 and out. I, I don't know. Yeah. But for, for this fight, I'm taking Vera Moneyline. Uh, I hate to say it. I, I love Misha Tate. I've uh, been a fan of hers for a while now. It just, I don't know. This is a major hurdle for her. Yeah, it's a big step up. I mean, she wants to make that title run after, um, geez, after becoming a mom and taking some time off, working for uh, one championship and all that. But, you know, it, if she can get a win, it would be huge for her and really take her to the next next step up in the division. Obviously, she's been in title fights before. But she's got to basically start all over again. Yeah, and really, this this pick comes with a, a whole cup of salt. Um, I I don't know. I I'm struggling with this one. This is kind of one that I almost want to stay away from. Yeah, I won't say that. I who knows? I might wake up Saturday morning and put money on Tate to win. But I I, right I was now, thinking that right I like now. Fiera. I was thinking that right now, like thinking about how her cardio is just Vieira's cardio is just not that good. Um, I mean, if Misha, Misha Tate's a wrestler, so she, she's she's good sprawling. 
Um, you would think that that would kind of be a game plan, use her defensive wrestling, and kind of try to keep the fight on the feet where she would have the presumed advantage. Um, so it, it's, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to touch this one. Let's see what happens. I may or may not touch it. All right, so uh, that's our that's those are our picks for this upcoming fight card. Um, this card on paper, it seems so meh. That's yeah. that's what I wrote. Meh. Meh. That's what I thought you were going for earlier. I mean, it looks like a lot of fights are going to go the distance. It looks like a lot of fights are going to be very wrestle heavy. It's going to be a lot of, um, a lot of grapplers in this, which it's not necessarily a bad thing. We have fighters that are entertaining that are grapplers. It just it seems like a lot of these fights are going to go the distance. It seems like we're going to have a six six seven hour fight night. Yeah, yeah, that might happen. But still, it might be a banger. <laughs> we don't know yet. It always seems like these these cards that you look at on paper and you go, eh, like this this doesn't look that great. It always seems like these are the ones that turn out to be insane. Yeah. Almost every time, it's like it, it's like where did that come from? No one saw that coming. So, for all, for all we know, this could be this could be card of the year. Who knows? Um. So yeah, I I don't know. The, a lot of these picks, I don't feel very confident. And if we want to look at our best ones. Um, I'm looking at Terrence McKinney, his money line or win by knockout at plus 180. Um, Sean Soriano also getting the knockout victory at plus 215. Those are two fights early on, so if you ended up not, you know, you ended up picking those, you still have a chance to kind of come back. Um, but for me, making your money up later in the card is going to be very difficult. Yeah, honestly, Jason, I would just take the weekend off. <laughs> honestly, for all of you, it's not a bad idea if you want to just sit back and watch these. But we are a betting podcast, so we're, we're not going to say take the week off. But Only Jason. Dylan, spend all your money. Jason, does Dylan even listen to this? I don't know, but in case he does, I want him to know. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's all we got for this, uh, this card. Uh, Mike, you got anything else? Shit, tomorrow's Friday. Let's get it. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm excited yeah, going into this weekend. We both have pretty busy weekends. You're going to be in the city on Saturday, right? Maybe not. We'll see what happens when I wake up Saturday morning. <laughs> but, yeah, it would be fun to go out there. I haven't been to the city since before COVID. What uh, What do you got going on? Uh, well, I got my buddy from New York coming back into town for uh, Thanksgiving, and uh, it'll actually be his birthday on Saturday. So uh, maybe I go and celebrate with him. Maybe I don't. I'll let you know next week when I'm violently hungover. We're actually not going to have a podcast next week. Next week's Thanksgiving. Two weeks from now. <laughs> so, yeah, on a quick note there, we're not going to be putting anything out next week. So, happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Uh, hopefully, you guys stay safe. Uh, have a very enjoyable Blackout Wednesday. Hopefully, we'll see you guys around. Yeah. Have a good weekend at Thanksgiving, boys. Talk to you later. See you.